So we begin week 32 on day 218 and we read through Jeremiah 48 and Jeremiah 49. If you have any questions or queries still continue to email or text as that person has just and we can look at some of those. But we begin at Jeremiah 48 verse 1. About Moab this is what the Lord of hosts the God of Israel says. Woe to Nebo because it is about to be destroyed. Kiriathiam will be put to shame, it will be taken captive. The fortress will be put to shame and dismayed. There is no longer praise for Moab. They plan harm against her in Heshbon. Come, let's cut off her from nationhood. You madmen will also be silenced, the sword will pursue you. A voice cries out for Horonaim, devastation and great disaster. Moab will be shattered, her little ones will cry out. For on the ascent to Luhith they will be weeping continually. And on the descent to Horonaim will be heard cries of distress over the t- destruction. Flee, save your lives, be like a juniper bush in the wilderness. Because you trust in your works and treasures, you will be captured also. Shemosh will go into exile with his priests and officials. The destroyer will move against every town, not one town will escape. The valley will perish and the plain will be annihilated, as the Lord has said. Make Moab a salt marsh, for he she will run away. Her towns will become a desolation without inhabitant. Cursed is the one who does the Lord's business deceitfully, and cursed is the one who withholds his sword from bloodshed. Moab has been left quiet since his youth, settled like wine on its dregs. He hasn't been poured from one container to another or gone into exile, so his taste has remained the same and his aroma hasn't changed. Therefore, look, the days are coming when I will send those out to him who will pour him out. They will empty his containers and smash his jars. Moab will be put to shame because of Shemush, just as the house of Israel was put to shame because of Bethel that they trusted in. How can you say we are warriors, mighty men ready for battle? The destroyer of Moab and its town has come up, and the best of its young men have gone down to slaughter. This is the king's declaration, the Lord of hosts is his name. Moab's calamity is near at hand, his disaster is rushing swiftly. Mourn for him, all you surrounding nations, everyone who knows his name. Say how the mighty scepter is shattered, the glorious staff. Come down from glory, sit on parched ground, resident of the daughter of Debon, for the destroyer of Moab has come against you, he has destroyed your fortresses. Stand by the highway and look, resident of Aror. Ask him who is fleeing or her who is escaping what happened. Moab is put to shame, indeed dismayed. Wail and cry out. Declare by the Arnon that Moab is destroyed. Judgment has come to the land of the plateau, to Halon, Jahaz, Mepath, Dibon, Nebo, Beth Diblathiam, Kiriatham, Beth Magul, Beth Maon, Kirioth, Bozra, and all the towns of the land of Moab. Those far and near, Moab's horn is chopped off, his arm is shattered. This is the Lord's declaration. Make him drunk because he has exalted himself against the Lord. Moab will wallow in his own vomit and he will also become a laughingstock. Wasn't Israel a laughingstock to you? Was he ever found among thieves? For whenever you speak of him you shake your head. Abandon the towns, live in the cliffs residence of Moab. Be like a dove that nests inside the mouth of a cave. We have heard of Moab's pride, great pride indeed, his insolence, arrogance, pride and haughty heart. I know his outburst, it is empty, his boast is empty. 
Therefore I will wail over Moab, I will cry out for Moab, all of it. He will moan for the men of Kirharez. I will sweep, weep for you, vine of Sibma, with more than the weeping for Jezer. Your tendrils have extended to the sea, they have reached to the sea and to Jezer. The destroyer has fallen on your summer fruit and grape harvest. Joy and celebration are taken from the fertile field and from the land of Moab. I have stopped the flow of wine from the wine presses. No one will tread with shouts of joy. The shouting is not a shout of joy. There is a cry from Heshbon to Iliah. They raise their voices as far as Jahaz, from Zoar to Horonayim, from and Elgath Sheshilala, because even the waters of Nimrim have become desolate. In Moab I will stop the one who offers sacrifices in the high place and burns incense to his gods. Therefore my heart moans like flutes for Moab, and my heart moans like flutes for the people of Kerharez. And therefore the wealth he has gained has perished. Indeed every head is bald and every beard clipped. On every hand is a gash and sackcloth around the waist. On all the rooftops of Moab and in her public squares, everyone is mourning because I have shattered Moab like a jar no one wants. This is the Lord's declaration. How broken it is, they wail, how Moab has turned his back, he is ashamed. Moab will become a laughing stock and a shock to all those around him. For this is what the Lord says. He will swoop down like an eagle and spread his wings against Moab. The towns have been captured and the strongholds seized. In that day the heart of Moab's warriors will be like the heart of a woman with contractions. Moab will be destroyed as a people because he has exalted himself against the Lord. Panic, pit and trap await you, resident of Moab. He who flees from the panic will fall into the pit, and he who climbs from the pit will be captured in the trap. For I will bring against Moab the year of their punishment. This is the Lord's declaration. Those who flee will stand exhausted in Heshbon's shadow, because fire has come out from Heshbon and a flame from within Sihon. It will devour Moab's forehead and the skull of the noisemakers. Woe to you, Moab! The people of Shemosh have perished because your sons have been taken captive, and your daughters have gone into captivity. Yet I will restore the fortunes of Moab in the last days. This is the Lord's declaration. The judgment on Moab ends here. About the Ammonites, this is what the Lord says. Does Israel have no sons? Is he without an heir? Why then has Milcom dispossessed Gad and his people settled in their cities? Therefore look, the days are coming when I will make the shout of battle heard against Rabbah of the Ammonites. It will become a desolate mound and its villages will be burned down. Israel will dispossess their dispossessors, says the Lord. Wheel Heshbon for I is devastated. Cry out, daughters of Rabbah. Clothe yourselves with sackcloth and lament. Run back and forth within your walls because Min Milcom will go into exile together with his priests and officials. Why do you brag about your valleys, your flowing valley, you faithless daughter? You who trust in your treasures and boast, who can attack me? Look, I am about to bring terror on you from all those around you. You will be banished, each man headlong, with no one to gather up the fugitives. But after that I will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites. This is the Lord's declaration. About Edom, this is what the Lord of hosts says. Is there no longer wisdom into man? Has counsel perished from the prudent? Has their wisdom rotted away? Run, turn back, lie low, residents of Dedan, for I will bring Esau's calamity on him at the time I punish him. 
If grape harvesters come to you, wouldn't they leave some gleanings? Were thieves to come in the night, they would destroy only what they wanted. But I will strip Esau bare, I will uncover his secret places. He will try to hide himself, but he will be unable. His descendants will be destroyed along with his relatives and neighbours. He will no longer exist. Abandon your orphans, I will preserve them. Let your widows trust in me. For this is what the Lord says, If those who do not deserve to drink the cup must drink it, can you possibly remain unpunished? You will not remain unpunished, for you must drink it too. For by myself I have sworn, Bosra will become a desolation, a disgrace, a ruin and a curse, and all her cities will become ruins forever. I have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy has been sent among the nations. Assemble yourselves to come against her. Rise up for war. Look, I will certainly make you insignificant among the nations, despised among humanity. As to the terror you cause, your presumptuous heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock, you who occupy the mountain summit, though you elevate your nest like the eagle, even from there I will bring you down. Edom will become a desolation. Everyone who passes by her will be horrified and scoff because of all her wounds. As when Sodom and Gomorrah were overthrown along with her neighbours, says the Lord, no one will live there, no human being will even stay in it as a resident alien. Look, it will be like a lion coming up from the thickets of the Jordan to the perennially watered grazing land. Indeed, I will chase Edom away from her land in a flash. I will appoint whoever is chosen for her, for who is like me? Who will summon me? Who is the shepherd who can stand against me? Therefore hear the plans that the Lord has drawn up against Edom, and the strategies he has divided against, devised against the people of Taman. The flock's little lambs will certainly be dragged away, and their grazing land will be made desolate because of them. At the sound of their fall the earth will quake, the sound of her cry will be heard at the Red Sea. Look, it will be like an eagle soaring upward, then swooping down and spreading its wings over Bosra. In that day the hearts of Edom's warriors will be like the heart of a woman with contractions. About Damascus, Hamath and Arpad are put to shame, for they have heard a bad report and are agitated. In the sea there is anxiety that cannot be calmed. Damascus has become weak, she has turned to run, panic has gripped her. Distress and labour pains have seized her like a woman in labour. How can the city of praise not be abandoned, the town that brings me joy? Therefore her young men will fall in her public squares. All the warriors will be silenced in that day. I will set fire to the wall of Damascus. It will devour Ben-Hadad's citadels. About Kedar and the kingdom of Hazor, which Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon's king, defeated. This is what the Lord says. Rise up, rise up, go against Kedar and destroy the people of the east. They will take their tents and their flocks, along with their tent curtains and all their equipment. They will take their camels for themselves. They will call out to them, Terror is on every side. Run, escape quickly, lie low, residents of Hazor. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has drawn up a plan against you. He has devised a strategy against you. Rise up, go up against a nation at ease, one living in security. They have no doors, not even a gate bar. They live alone. Their camels will become plunder and their massive herds of cattle will become spoil. I will scatter them to the wind in every direction, those who shave their temples. I will bring calamity on them across all their borders. Hazor will become a jackal's den, a desolation forever. No one will live there, no human being will even stay in it as a resident alien. 
This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet about a lamb at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah king of Judah. This is what the Lord of hosts says. I am about to shatter Elam's bow, the source of her might. I will bring the four winds against Elam from the four corners of the heavens, and I will scatter them to all these winds. There will not be a nation to which Elam's banished ones will not go. I will devastate Elam before their enemies, before those who want to take their lives. I will bring disaster on them, my burning anger. I will send the sword after them until I finish them off. I will set my throne in Elam and I will destroy the king and officials from there. This is the Lord's declaration. In the last days I will restore the fortunes of Elam. And there we end, day 218. Day 219 and we begin today in Second Kings 24 verses 2 to 4. The Lord sent Chaldean, Aramean, Moabite and Ammonite rainers against Jehoiakim. He sent them against Judah to destroy it. According to the word of the Lord, he had spoken through his servants the prophets. This happened to Judah only at the Lord's command to remove them from his sight. It was because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all he had done, and also because of all the innocent blood he had shed. He had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood and the Lord would not forgive. In Second Chronicles 36, 6-7. Now Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon attacked him and bound him in bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Also Nebuchadnezzar took some of the utensils of the Lord's temple to Babylon and put them in his temple in Babylon. Jeremiah 52:28. These are the people Nebuchadnezzar deported in the seventh year, 3,023 Jews. 2 Kings 24, 5-6. The rest of the events of Jehoiakim's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. Jehoiakim rested with his fathers and his son Jehoiachin became king in his place. Second Chronicles 36 verse 8 The rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim, the detestable things he did and what was found against him, are written about in the book of Israel's kings. His son Jehoiachin became king in his place. Second Kings 24 8-9 Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nehusha, daughter of Elnathan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight as his father had done. Second Chronicles 36 verse 9, Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king. He reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. In Jeremiah 22, 24-30. As I live, says the Lord, though you, Coniah, son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would tear you from it. In fact, I will hand you over to those you dread, who want to take your life, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the Chaldeans. I will hurl you and the mother who gave birth to you into another land, where neither of you were born, and there you will both die. They will never return to the land they long to return to, is this man Kuniah despised shattered pot a jar no one wants? Why are he and his descendants hurled out and cast into a land they have not known? Earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Record this man as childless, a man who will not be successful in his lifetime. None of his descendants will succeed in sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. Second Kings twenty four ten to sixteen. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon marched up to Jerusalem and the city came under siege. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to the city where his servants were besieging it. Jehoiachin king of Judah, along with his mother, his servants, his commanders and his officials, surrendered to the king of Babylon. So the king of Babylon took him captive in the eighth year of his reign. He also carried off from there all the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king's palace. And he cut into pieces all the gold articles that Solomon king of Israel had made for the Lord's sanctuary, just as God had predicted. Then he deported all Jerusalem and all the commanders and all the fighting men, ten thousand captives and all the craftsmen and metalsmiths. Except for the poorest people of the land, nobody remained. Nebuchadnezzar deported Jehoiachin to Babylon. Also he took the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials and the leading men of the land into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The king of Babylon also brought captive into Babylon all seven thousand fighting men and one thousand craftsmen and metalsmiths, all strong and fit for war. Second Chronicles 36 verse 10 In the spring Nebuchadnezzar sent for him and brought him to Babylon along with the valuable utensils of the Lord's temple. Then he made Jehoiachin's brother Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Esther 2 verse 6 He had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah of Judah into exile. 2 Kings 24, 17-20 Then the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name, name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamathal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. Because of the Lord's anger, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that the, he finally banished them from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. And Second Chronicles 36, 11-16 Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet at the Lord's command. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him swear allegiance by God. He became obstinate and hardened his heart against returning to the Lord God of Israel. All the leaders of the priests and the people multiplied their unfaithful deeds, imitating all the detestable practices of the nations, and they defiled the Lord's temple that he had consecrated in Jerusalem. But the Lord God of their ancestors sent word against them by the hand of his messengers, sending them time and time again, for he had compassion on his people and all his dwelling place. But they kept ridiculing God's messengers, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the Lord's wrath was so stirred up against his people that there was no remedy. Then we read Jeremiah 37, 1-2. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, reigned as king in the land of Judah, in place of Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made him king. He and his officers and the people of the land did not obey the words of the Lord that he spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. And Jeremiah 52, 1-2 Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamuthal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. And then to finish today we read Jeremiah 21, verse 1 through to chapter 22, verse 23. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent Pashur son of Machlah, 
And the priest Zephaniah, son of Messiah, to Jeremiah, asking, Ask the Lord in our behalf, since Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is making war against us. Perhaps the Lord will inform for us something like all his past wonderful works, so that Nebuchadnezzar will withdraw from us. But Jeremiah answered, This is what you are to say to Zedekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will repel the weapons of war in your hands, those you are using to fight the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans, who are besieging you outside the wall, and I will bring them into the centre of this city. I will fight against you with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm with anger, rage and great wrath. I will strike the residents of this city, both man and beast. They will die in a great plague. Afterwards, King Zedekiah of Judah, his officers and the people, those in this city who survived the plague, the sword and the famine, I will hand over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, to their enemies, yes, to those who want to take their lives. He will put them to the sword. He won't spare them or show pity or compassion. But you must say this to the people. This is what the Lord says. Look, I am presenting to you the way of life and the way of death. Whoever stays in this city will die by the sword, famine and plague. But whoever goes out and surrenders to the Chaldeans who are besieging you will live and retain his life like the spoils of war. For I have turned against this city to bring disaster and not good. It will be handed over to the king of Babylon who will burn it down. And to the house of the king of Judah say this, Hear the word of the Lord. House of David, this is what the Lord says. Administer justice every morning and rescue the victim of robbery from the hand of his oppressor. Or my anger will flare up like fire and burn unquenchably because of their evil deeds. Beware, I am against you, you who sit above the valley, you atop the rocky plateau, you who say, Who can come down against us? Who can enter our hiding places? I will punish you according to what you have done. I will kindle a fire in its forest that will consume everything around it. This is what the Lord says. Go down to the palace of the king of Judah and announce this word there. You are to say, Hear the word of the Lord, King of Judah, you who sit on the throne of David, you, your officers and your people who enter these gates. This is what the Lord says. Administer justice and righteousness. Rescue the victim of robbery from the hand of his oppressor. Don't exploit or brutalize the alien, the fatherless of the widow. Don't shed innocent blood in this place. For if you conscientiously carry out this word, then kings sitting on David's throne will enter through the gates of this palace riding on chariots and horses, they, their officers and their people. But if you do not obey these words, then I swear by myself that this house will become a ruin. For this is what the Lord says concerning the house of the king of Judah. You are like Gilead to me, or the summit of Lebanon, but I will certainly turn you into a wilderness, uninhabited cities. I will appoint destroyers against you, each with his weapons. They will cut down the choicest of your cedars and throw them into the fire, Many nations will pass by this city and ask one another, Why did the Lord do such a thing to this great city? They will answer, Because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped and served other gods. And then verse 20 to 23. Go up to Lebanon and cry out. Raise your voice in Bashan. Cry out from Abraham, for all your lovers have been crushed. I spoke to you when you were secure. You said, I will not listen. This has been your way since youth, indeed you have never listened to me. The wind will take charge of all your shepherds and your lovers will go into captivity. Then you will be ashamed and humiliated because of all your evil. You residents of Lebanon, nestled among the cedars, 
How you will groan when labour pains come on you. Agony like a woman in labour. And there we end. Day 219. Day 220. And we continue through Jeremiah. We're doing a couple of chapters early on. And then a couple of later chapters. But we begin at chapter 23 verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who shepherd my people. You have scattered my flock, you have banished them and have not attended to them. I will attend to you because of your evil acts. I will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands where I have banished them, and I will return them to their grazing land. They will become fruitful and numerous. I will raise up shepherds over them who will be shepherded them. They will no longer be afraid or dismayed, nor will any be missing. The days are coming, this is the Lord's declaration, when I will raise up a righteous branch of David. He will reign wisely as king and administer justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is what he will be named, the Lord is our righteousness. The days are coming when it will no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites from the land of Egypt, but... As the Lord lives who brought and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the land of the north and from all the other countries where I had banished them, they will dwell once more in their own land. Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me and my bones tremble. I have become like a drunkard, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord, because of his holy words. For the land is full of adulterers, the land mourns because of the curse and the grazing lands in the wilderness have dried up. Their way of life has become evil and their power is not rightly used, because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house I have found their evil. Therefore their way will be to them like slippery paths in the gloom. They will be driven away and fall down there, for I will bring disaster on them, the year of their punishment. Among the prophets of Samaria I have saw, seen something disgusting. They prophesied by Baal and led my people astray. Among the prophets of Jerusalem also I saw a terrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers and none turns his back on evil. They are all like Sodom to me. Jerusalem's residents are like Gomorrah. Therefore this is what the Lord of hosts says concerning the prophets. I am about to feed them wormwood and give them poisoned water to drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem an ungodliness has spread throughout the land. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are making you worthless. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. They keep on saying to those who despise me, The Lord said, You will have peace. To everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his heart, they have said, No harm will come to you. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Who has paid attention to his word and obeyed? Look, a storm from the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling storm. It will whirl about the head of the wicked. The Lord's anger will not turn back until he has completely fulfilled the purposes of his heart. In time to come you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they ran with a message. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had really stood in my counsel, they would have enabled my people to hear my words and would have turned them back from their evil ways and their evil deeds. Am I a God who is only near and not a God who is far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places where I cannot see him? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? I have heard what the prophets who prophesy a lie in my name have said. I had a dream, I had a dream. 
How long will this continue in the minds of the prophets prophesying lies, prophets of the deceit of their own minds? Through their dreams they will tell one another, they make plans to cause my people to forget my name as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. The prophet who has only a dream should recount the dream, but the one who has my word should speak my word truthfully, for what is straw compared to grain? Is not my word like fire and like a sledgehammer that pulverises rock? Therefore take note, I am against the prophets who steal my words from each other. I am against the prophets who use their own tongues to deliver an oracle. I am against those who prophesy false dreams, telling them and leading my people astray with their falsehoods and their boasting. It was not I who sent or commanded them, and they are of no benefit at all to these people. Now when these people or a prophet or a priest asks you, What is the burden of the Lord? You will respond to them, What is the burden? I will throw you away. As for the prophet, priest or people who say, The burden of the Lord, I will punish that man in his household. This is what each man is to say to his friend and to his brother. What has the Lord answered? Or what has the Lord spoken? But no longer refer to the burden of the Lord, for each man's word becomes his burden, and you pervert the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts our God. You must say to the prophet, What has the Lord answered you, and what has the Lord spoken? But if you say, The burden of the Lord, then this is what the Lord says. Because you have said the burden of the Lord, and I specifically told you not to say the burden of the Lord, I will surely forget you and throw away from my presence both you and the city that I gave you and your fathers. I will bring on you everlasting shame and humiliation that will never be forgotten. After Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had deported Jehoanai, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, the officials of Judah, and the craftsmen and metalsmiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed before the temple of the Lord. One basket contained very good figs, like early figs, but the other basket contained very bad figs, so bad they were inedible. The Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, Figs. The good figs are very good, but the bad figs are extremely bad, so bad they are inedible. The word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, so I regard as good the exiles from Judah I sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. I will keep my eyes on them for their good and will return them to this land. I will build them up and not demolish them. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, because they will return to me with all their heart. But as for the bad figs, so bad they are inedible, this is what the Lord says. In this way I will deal with Zedekiah king of Judah, his officials and the remnant of Jerusalem, those remaining in this land and those living in the land of Egypt. I will make them an object of horror and disaster to all the kingdoms of the earth. A disgrace, an object of scorn, ridicule and cursing wherever I have banished them. I will send the sword, famine and plague against them until they have perished from the land I gave to them and their ancestors. Then we read Jeremiah twenty-seven, twelve to 22 I spoke to Zedekiah king of Judah in the same way. Put your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon, serve him and his people and live. Why should you and your people die by the sword, famine, or plague as the Lord has threatened against any nation that does not serve the king of Babylon? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are telling you, You must not serve the king of Babylon, for they are prophesying a lie to you. I have not sent them, and they are prophesying falsely in my name. Therefore I will banish you, and you will perish, you and the prophets who are prophesying to you. Then I spoke to the priests and all these people, saying, This is what the Lord says. Do not listen to the words of your prophets. 
They are prophesying to you, claiming, Look, very soon now the articles of the Lord's temple will be brought back from Babylon. They are prophesying a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city become a ruin? If they are indeed prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, let them intercede with the Lord of hosts not to let the articles that remain in the Lord's temple in the palace of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem go to Babylon. For this is what the Lord of hosts says about the pillars, the sea, the water carts and the rest of the articles that still remain in the city. Those Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon did not take when he deported Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon along with all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says about the articles that remain in the temple of the Lord, in the palace of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They will be brought to Babylon and will remain there until I attend to them again. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Then we read Jeremiah 29, chapter, verse 1 to verse 19. This is the text of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exiles, the priests, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after Jehoiani, the queen mother, the court's officials, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metalsmiths had left Jerusalem. The letter was sent by Elasa, son of Shaphan, and Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, had sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The letter stated, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage, so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord in its behalf, for when it has prosperity you will prosper. For this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you, and don't listen to the dreams you elicit from them. For they are prophesying falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. For this is what the Lord says. When seventy years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. I will restore to you the place I deported from you. But this is what the Lord says concerning the king sitting on David's throne and concerning all the people living in this city. That is, concerning your brothers who did not go with you into exile. This is what the Lord of hosts says. I am about to send against them sword, famine and plague, and will make them like rotten figs that they are unedible because they are so bad. I will pursue them with sword, famine and plague. I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and a desolation, an object of scorn and a disgrace among all the nations where I have banished them. I will do this because they have not listened to my words that I sent to them with my servants the prophets time and time again, and you too have not listened. This is the Lord's declaration. And there we end, day 220. Day 221 again, continuing through Jeremiah, and beginning today at Jeremiah 29 verse 15. You have said, The Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. 
And then we go into verse 20. Hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to Ahab, son of Kuliah, and to Zedekiah, son of Maaseah, the ones prophesying a lie to you in my name. I am about to hand them over to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will kill them before your very eyes. Based on what happens to them, all the exiles of Judah who are in Babylon will create a curse that says, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire, because they committed an outrage in Israel by committing adultery with their neighbours' wives, and have spoken a lie in my name which I did not command them. I am he who knows, and I am a witness. This is the Lord's declaration. So Shemaiah the Nehalamite, you are to say, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. You in your own name have sent out letters to all the people of Jerusalem, to the priest Zephaniah, son of Maaseiah, and to the priest, saying, The Lord has appointed you priests in place of Jehoiada the priest, to be the chief officer in the temple of the Lord, responsible for every madman who acts like a prophet. You must confine him in stocks and an iron collar. So now why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who has been acting like a prophet among you? For he has sent word to us in Babylon, claiming, The exile will be long. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the hearing of Jeremiah the prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Send a message to all the exiles, saying, This is what the Lord says concerning Shemaiah the Nehalamite. Because Shemaiah prophesied to you, though I did not send him and made you trust a lie. This is what the Lord says. I am about to punish Shemaiah the Nehalamite and his descendants. There will not even be one of his descendants living among these people, nor will any ever see the good that I will bring to my people, for he has preached rebellion against the Lord. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write down on a scroll all the words that I have spoken to you, for the days are certainly coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. I will restore them to the land I gave to their ancestors, and they will possess it. These are the words the Lord spoke to Israel and Judah. Yes, this is what the Lord says. We have heard a cry of terror, of dread. There is no peace. Ask and see whether a meal can give birth. Why then do I see every man with his hands in his stomach like a woman in labour and every face turned pale? How awful that day will be. There will be none like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob and he will be delivered out of it. On that day I will break his yoke from your neck and snap your fetters so strangers will never again enslave him. They will serve the Lord their God and I will raise up David their king for them. As for you, my servant Jacob, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, Israel. For I will without fail save you from far away, your descendants from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and have calm and quiet with no one to frighten him, for I will be with you to save you. I will bring destruction on all the nations where I have scattered you. However, I will not bring destruction on you. I will discipline you justly, but I will by no means leave you unpunished. For this is what the Lord says. Your injury is incurable, your wound most severe. No one takes up the case for your sores. You have nothing that can heal you. All your lovers have forgotten you. They no longer look for you. For I have struck you like an enemy would, with the discipline of someone cruel, because of your enormous guilt and your innumerable sins. Nevertheless, all who devoured you will be devoured, and all your adversaries, all of them, will go off into exile. Your despoilers will become spoil, and all who plunder you will be plundered. 
but I will bring you health and will heal you of your wounds, for they will call you the outcast that Zion no one cares about. This is what the Lord says, I will certainly restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and show compassion on his dwellings. Every city will be rebuilt on its mound, every citadel will stand on its proper site. Thanksgiving will come out of them a sound of celebration. I will multiply them and they will not decrease. I will honour them and they will not be insignificant. His children will be as in past days. His congregation will be established in my presence. I will punish all his oppressors. Jacob's leader will be one of them. His ruler will issue from him. I will invite him to me and he will approach me. For who would otherwise risk his life to approach me? You will be my people and I will be your God. Look, a storm from the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a churning storm. It will whirl about the head of the wicked. The Lord's burning anger will not turn back until he has completely fulfilled the purposes of his heart. In time to come you will understand it. At that time I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. They find favour in the wilderness, the people who survived the sword. When Israel went to find rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued to extend faithful love to you. Again I will build you so that you will be rebuilt, virgin Israel. You will take up tambourines again and go forth in joyful dancing. You will plant vineyards again on the mountains of Samaria. The planters will plant and will enjoy the fruit. For there will be a day when watchmen will call out in the hill country of Ephraim, Come up, let's go to the Zion, to the Lord our God. For this is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob, shout for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, praise and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Watch, I am going to bring them from the northern land. I will gather them from remote regions of the earth. The blind and the lame will be with them, along with those who are pregnant and those about to give birth. They will return here as a great assembly. They will come weeping, but I will bring back with them with consolation. I will lead them to wadis filled with water by a smooth way where they will not stumble. For I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Nations hear the word of the Lord and tell it among the far-off coastlands. Say, the one who scattered Israel will gather him. He will watch over him as a shepherd guards his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the power of one stronger than he. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will be radiant with joy because of the Lord's goodness, because of the grain and the new wine, the fresh oil, and because of the young of the flocks and herds. Their life will be like an irrigated garden, and they will no longer grow weak from hunger. Then the virgin will rejoice with dancing, while young and old men rejoice together. I will turn their mourning into joy, give them consolation, and bring happiness out of grief. I will give the priests their fill with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness. This is what the Lord says. A voice was heard in Ramah, a lament with bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. This is what the Lord says. Keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for the reward for your work will come, and your children will return from the enemy's land. There is hope for your future, and your children will return to their own territory. I have heard Ephraim moaning, You discipline me, and I have been disciplined like an untrained calf. Restore me, and I will return, for you, Lord, are my God. After I returned, I repented. After I was instructed, I struck my thigh in grief. I was ashamed and humiliated because I bore the disgrace of my youth. Isn't Ephraim a precious son to me, a delightful child? 
Whenever I speak against him, I certainly still think about him. Therefore my inner being yearns for him. I will truly have compassion on him. Set up road markers for yourself. Establish signposts. Keep the highway and mind the way you travelled. Return, virgin Israel. Return to these cities of yours. How long will you turn here and there, faithless daughter? For the Lord creates something new in the land. A female will shelter a man. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. When I restore their fortunes, they will once again speak this word in the land of Judah and in its cities. May the Lord bless you, righteous settlement, holy mountain. Judah and all its cities will live in it together, also farmers and those who move with the flocks. For I satisfy the thirsty person and feed all those who are weak. At this I awoke and looked around. My sleep had been most pleasant to me. The days are coming when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and the seed of beast. Just as I watched over them to uproot and to tear them down, to demolish and to destroy and to cause disaster, so I will be attentive to build and to plant them, says the Lord. In those days it will never again be said, The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Rather, each will die for his own wrongdoing. Anyone who eats sour grapes, his own teeth will be set on edge. Look, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one and will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant they broke even though I had married them. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will place my law within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbour or his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will forgive their wrongdoing and never again remember their sin. This is what the Lord says. The one who gives the sun for light by day, the fixed order of moon and stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea and makes its wave roars. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from my presence, then also Israel's descendants will cease to be a nation before me forever. This is what the Lord says. If the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below explored, I will reject all of Israel's descendants because of all they have done. This is the Lord's declaration. Look, the days are coming when the city from the Tower of Hananel to the corner gate will be rebuilt for the Lord. A measuring line will once again stretch out straight to the hill of Gareb and then turn towards Goa. The whole valley, the corpses, the ashes and all the fields as far as the Kidron Valley to the corner of the horse gate to the east will be holy to the Lord. It will never be uprooted or demolished again. And there we end, day 221. Day 222 and we continue in a little bit of Jeremiah before moving into Ezekiel. But we begin today at Jeremiah 28 verse 1. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur from Gibeon, said to me in the temple of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will restore to this place all the articles of the Lord's temple that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took from here and transported to Babylon. And I will restore to this place Jeconani, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon. This is the Lord's declaration. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the temple of the Lord. 
The prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, may the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words you have prophesied come true, and may he restore the articles of the Lord's temple and all the exiles from Babylon to this place. Only listen to this message I am speaking in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, disaster and plague against many lands and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, only when the word of the prophet comes true will the prophet be recognised as the one whom the Lord has truly sent. The prophet Hananiah then took the yoke bar from the neck of Jeremiah the prophet and broke it. In the presence of all the people, Hananiah proclaimed, This is what the Lord says. In this way, within two years, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations. Jeremiah the prophet then went on his way. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke bar from the neck of Jeremiah the prophet. Go say to Hananiah, This is what the Lord says. You broke a wooden yoke bar, but in its place you will make an iron yoke bar. For this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I have put an iron yoke on the neck of all these nations, that they might serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they will serve him. I have also put the wild animals under him. The prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord did not send you, but you have led these people to trust in a lie. Therefore this is what the Lord says. I am about to send you off the face of the earth. You will die this year because you have spoken rebellion against the Lord. And the prophet Hananiah died that year in the seventh month. Then we read Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 59. This is what Jeremiah the prophet commanded Seriah, son of Neriah, son of Masihiah, the quartermaster, when he went to Babylon with Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. And then we begin in Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1 through to chapter 3 verse 9. In the thirtieth month, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, while I was among the exiles by the Shebar Canal, the heavens opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's exile, the word of the Lord came to directly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Shebar Canal, and the Lord's hand was on him there. I looked, and there was a whirlwind coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around. In the centre of the fire there was a gleam like amber. The form of four living creatures came from it, and this was their appearance. They had human form, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze. They had human hands under their wings on their four sides. All four of them had faces and wings. Their wings were touching. The creatures did not turn as they moved. Each one went straight ahead. The form of each of their faces was like that of a man, and each of the four had the face of a lion on the right, the face of an ox on the left, and the face of an eagle. That is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward, each had two wings touching that of another and two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit wanted to go they went without turning as they moved. The form of the living creatures was like the appearance of burning coals of fire and torches. Fire was moving back and forth between the living creatures. It was bright with lightning coming out of it. The creatures were darting back and forth like flashes of lightning. When I looked at the living creatures, there was one wheel on the ground beside each creature that had four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their craftsmanship was like the gleam of beryl, and all four had the same form. Their appearance and craftsmanship was like a wheel within a wheel. 
When they moved they went in any of the four directions without pivoting as they moved. Their rims were large and frightening. Each of their four rims were full of eyes all around. So when the living creatures moved the wheels moved beside them and when the creatures rose from the earth the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go the creatures went in the direction the spirit was moving. The wheels rose alongside them for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures moved the wheels moved. When the creatures stood still the wheels stood still. And when the creatures rose from the earth the wheels rose alongside them. For the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. The shape of an expanse with a gleam like an awe-inspiring crystal was spread out over the heads of the living creatures, and under the expanse their wings extended one toward another. Each of them also had two wings covering their bodies. When they moved I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of mighty waters, like the voice of the Almighty, and a sound of commotion like the noise of an army. When they stood still they lowered their wings. A voice came from above the expanse over their heads. When they stood still they lowered their wings. The shape of a throne with the appearance of sapphire stone was above the expanse. There was a form with the appearance of a human on the throne high above. From what seemed to be his waist up I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down I also saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the form of the Lord's glory. When I saw it I fell face down and heard a voice speaking. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. As he spoke to me the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet and I listened to the one who was speaking to me. He said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites and to the rebellious nations who have rebelled against me. The Israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this day. The children are obstinate and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them, and you must say to them, This is what the Lord God says. Whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. But you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Though briars and thorns are beside you, and you live among scorpions, don't be afraid of their words or be discouraged by the look on their faces, for they are a rebellious house. But speak my words to them, whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are rebellious. And you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. So I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and there was a written scroll in it. When he unrolled it before me, it was written on the front and back. Words of lamentation, mourning and woe were written on it. He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find here. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Son of man, he said to me, eat and fill your stomach with this scroll I am giving you. So I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them, for you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel. You are not being sent to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language, whose words you cannot understand. No doubt if I sent you to them, they would listen to you, but the house of Israel will not want to listen to you, because they do not want to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hard-hearted and hard-headed. Look, I have made your face as hard as their faces, and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. I have made your forehead like a diamond harder than flint. Don't be afraid of them or discouraged by the look on their faces, even though they are a rebellious house. 
And there we end, day 222. Day 223, and we continue through Ezekiel, beginning at chapter 3, verse 10. And finishing today at chapter 6, verse 14. Next he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully to all my words that I speak to you, and take them to heart. Go to your people, the exiles, and speak to them. Tell them, this is what the Lord God says, whether they listen or refuse to listen. The Spirit then lifted me up, and I heard a great rumbling sound behind me. Praise the glory of the Lord in his place, with the sounds of the living creatures' wings brushing against each other, and the sound of the wheels beside them, a great rumbling sound. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. I left in bitterness and in an angry spirit, and the Lord's hand was on me powerfully. I came to the exiles at Tel Abib, who were living by the Chibar Canal, and I sat there stunned for seven days. Now at the end of seven days the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have made you a watchman over the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him. You don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person will die for his iniquity, yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn a wicked person and he does not turn from his wickedness or his wicked way, he will die for his iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and practices iniquity, and I put a stumbling block in front of him, he will die. If you did not warn him, he will die because of his sin and the righteous acts he did not will, will not be remembered. Yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn the righteous person that he should not sin, he does not sin, he will indeed live because he listened to your warning, and you will have saved your life. Then the hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up, go out to the plain, and I will speak to you there. So I got up and went to the plain. The Lord's glory was present there, like the glory I had seen by the Chibar Canal, and I fell face down. The Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. He spoke with me and said, Go, shut yourself inside your house, and you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them, so you cannot go out among them. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth, and you will be mute and unable to rebuke them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you will say to them, This is what the Lord God says. Let the one who listens listen, and let the one who refuses refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Now you, son of man, take a brick, set it in front of you, and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Then lay siege against it. Construct a siege wall, build a ramp, pitch military camps, and place battering rams against it on all sides. Take an iron plate and set it up as an iron wall between yourself and the city. Turn your face toward it so that it is under siege and besiege it. This will be a sign for the house of Israel. Then lie down on your left side and place the iniquity of the house of Israel on it. You will bear their iniquity for the number of days you lie on your side. For I have assigned you the years of their iniquity according to the number of days you lie down, 390 days. So you will bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. When you have completed these days, lie down again, but on your right side and bear the iniquity of the house of Judah. I have assigned you 40 days, a day for each year. You must turn your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bared and prophesy against it. Be aware that I will put cords on you so you cannot turn from side to side until you have finished the days of your siege. Also take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet and spilt. Put them into a single container and make them into a bread for yourself. 
You are to eat it during the number of days you lie on your side, 390 days. The food you eat each day will be 8 ounces by weight. You will eat it from time to time. You are also to drink water by measure, one-sixth of a gallon, which you will drink from time to time. You will eat it as you would a barley cake and bake it over dried human excrement in their sight. The Lord said, This is how the Israelites will eat their bread, ceremonially unclean among the nations where I will banish them. But I said, Ah, Lord God, I have never been defiled. From my youth until now I have not eaten anything that died naturally or was mauled by wild beasts, and impure meat has never entered my mouth. He replied to me, Look, I will let you use cow dung instead of human excrement, and you can make your bread over that. Then he said to me, Son of man, I am going to cut off the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They will be anxiously eat bread rationed by weight and in dread drink water by measure. So they will lack bread and water. Everyone will be devastated and waste away because of their iniquity. Now you, son of man, take a sharp sword. Use it as you would a barber's razor and shave your head and beard. Then take a pair of scales and divide the hair. You are to burn up one third of it in the city when the days of the siege have ended. You are to take one third and slash it with a sword all around the city, and you are to scatter one third to the wind, for I will draw a sword to chase after them. But you are to take a few strands from the hair and secure them in the folds of your robe. Take some more of them, throw them into the fire and burn them in it. A fire will spread from it to the whole house of Israel. This is what the Lord God says. I have set this Jerusalem in the centre of the nations, with countries all around her. But she has rebelled against my ordinances with more wickedness than the nations, and against my statutes more than the countries that surround her. For her people have rejected my ordinances and have not walked in my statutes. Therefore this is what the Lord God says. Because you have been more insubordinate than the nations around you, you have not walked in my statutes or kept my ordinances, you have not even kept the ordinances of the nations around you. Therefore this is what the Lord God says. See, I am against you, Jerusalem, and I will execute judgments within you in the sight of the nations. Because of all your abominations, I will do to you whatever I have done, bef- what I have never done before, and what I will never do again. As a result, fathers will eat their sons within Jerusalem, and sons will eat their fathers. I will execute judgments against you and scatter all your survivors to every direction of the wind. Therefore, as I live, this is the declaration of the Lord God. I am going to cut you off and show you no pity because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable practices and abominations. Yes, I will not spare you. One third of your people will die by plague and will be consumed by famine within you. One third will fall by the sword all around, and I will scatter one third to every direction of the wind, and I will draw a sword to chase after them. When my anger is spent and I have vented my wrath in them, I will be appeased. Then after I have spent my wrath in them, they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my jealousy. I will make you a ruin and a disgrace among the nations around you, in the sight of everyone who passes by. So you will be a disgrace and a taunt, a warning and a horror to the nations around you, when I execute judgments against you in anger, wrath and furious rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I shoot deadly arrows of famine at them, arrows for destruction that I will send to destroy you, inhabitants of Jerusalem, I will intensify the famine against you and cut off your supply of bread. I will send famine and dangerous animals against you. They will leave you childless, Jerusalem. Plague and bloodshed will sweep through you, and I will bring a sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord came to me. 
Son of man, turn your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. You are to say, Mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys. I am about to bring a sword against you and I will destroy your high places. Your altars will be desolated and your incense altars smashed. I will throw down your slain in front of your idols. I will lay the corpses of the Israelites in front of their idols and scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live the cities will be in ruins and the high places will be desolate. So that your altars will lie in ruins and be desecrated, your idols smashed and obliterated, your incense altars cut down and your works wiped out. The slain will fall among you and you will know that I am the Lord. Yet I will leave a remnant when you are scattered among the nations, for throughout the countries there will be some of you who will escape the sword. Then your survivors will remember me among the nations where they are taken captive, how I was crushed by their promiscuous hearts that turned away from me, and by their eyes that lusted after their idols. They will loathe themselves because of the evil things they did, their abominations of every kind, and they will know that I am the Lord. I did not threaten to bring this disaster on them without a reason. This is what the Lord God says. Clap your hands, stamp your feet, and cry out over all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, who will fall by the sword famine and plague. The one who is far off will die by plague, the one who is near will fall by the sword. And the one who remains and is spared will die of famine. In this way I will exhaust my wrath in them. You will all know that I am the Lord when their slain lie among their idols around their altars, on every high hill, on all the mountain tops, and under every green tree and every leafy oak. The places where they offered pleasing aromas to their idols, I will stretch out my hand against them, and wherever they live I will make the land a desolate waste, from the wilderness of Dibla. Then they will know that I am Yahweh. And there we end, day 223. Today we read 200, day 224, and the final day of week 32. Beginning at Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 1, reading through to chapter 10, verse 15. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, this is what the Lord God says to the land of Israel. An end, the end has come on the four corners of the land. The end is now on you. I will send my anger against you and judge you according to your ways. I will punish you for all your abominations. I will not look on you with pity or spare you, but I will punish you for the ways, for your ways and for your abominations within you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Look, one disaster after another is coming. An end has come. The end has come. It has awakened against you. Look, it is coming. Doom has come on you, inhabitants of the land. The time has come, the day is near. There will be panic on the mountains and not celebration. I will pour out my wrath on you very soon. I will exhaust my anger against you and judge you according to your ways. I will punish you for all your abominations. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will punish you for your ways and for your abominations within you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes. Look, the day is coming. Doom has gone out. The rod has blossomed. Arrogance has bloomed. Violence has grown into a rod of wickedness. None of them will remain. None of their multitude, none of their wealth, and none of the eminent among them. The time has come. The day has arrived. Let the buyer not rejoice and the seller not mourn, for wrath is on her all her multitude. The seller will certainly not return to what was sold as long as he and the buyer remain alive. For the vision concerning all its people will not be revoked, and none of them will preserve the, his life because of his iniquity. 
They have blown the trumpet and prepared everything, but no one goes to war, for my wrath is on all her multitude. The sword is on the outside, plague and famine are on the inside. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword, and famine and plague will devour whoever is in the city. The survivors among them will escape and live in the mountains like doves of the valley, all of them moaning each over his own iniquity. All their hands will become weak and all their knees will turn to water. They will put on sackcloth and horror will overwhelm them. Shame will cover all their faces and all their heads will be bald. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will seem like something filthy. Their silver and gold will be unable to save them in the day of the Lord's wrath. They will not satisfy their appetites or fill their stomachs for these were the stumbling blocks that brought about their iniquity. He appointed his beautiful ornaments for majesty, but they made their abhorrent images from them, their detestable things. Therefore I have made these into something filthy for them. I will hand these things over to foreigners as plunder and to the wicked of the earth as spoil, and they will profane them. I will turn my face from the wicked as they profane my treasured place. Violent men will enter it and profane it. Forge the chain, for the land is filled with crimes of bloodshed, and the city is filled with violence. So I will bring the most evil of nations to take possession of their houses. I will put an end to the pride of the strong and their sacred places will be profaned. Anguish is coming. They will seek peace but there will be none. Disaster after disaster will come and there will be rumour after rumour. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet but instruction will perish from the priests and counsel from the elders. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed in grief and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. I will deal with them according to their own conduct, and I will judge them by their own standards. Then they will know that I am the Lord. In the sixth year, in the sixth month, and the fifth day of the month, I was sitting in my house, and the elders of Judah were sitting in front of me. And there the hand of the Lord God came down on me. I looked, and there was a form that had the appearance of a man. From what seemed to be his waist down was fire, and from his waist up was something that looked bright like the gleam of amber. He stretched out what appeared to be a hand and took me by the hair of my head. Then the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and carried me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the inner gate that faces north, where the offensive statue that provokes jealousy was located. I saw the glory of the Lord God of Israel there, like the vision I had seen in the plain. The Lord said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. I looked to the north, and there was this offensive statue north of the altar gate at the entrance. He said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel is committing here, so that I must depart from my sanctuary. You will see even greater abominations. Then he brought me to the entrance of the court, and when I looked there was a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, dig through the wall. So I dug through the wall, and there was a doorway. He said to me, Go in and see the terrible abominations they are committing here. I went in and looked, and there engraved all around the wall was every form of detestable thing, crawling creatures and beasts, as well as all the idols of the house of Israel. Seventy elders from the house of Israel were standing before them, with Jezaniah son of Shaphan standing among them. Each had an incense burner in his hand, and a fragrant cloud of incense was rising up. Then he said to me, Son of man, do you see what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the darkness, each at the shrine of his idol? For they are saying, The Lord does not see us, the Lord has abandoned the land. Again he said to me, You will see even greater abominations which they are committing. So he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the Lord's house, and I saw a woman sitting there weeping for Tammuz. And he said to me, Do you see this, son of man? 
you will see even greater abominations than these. So he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house, and there were about twenty-five men at the entrance of the Lord's temple, between the portico and the altar, with their backs to the Lord's temple and their faces turned to the east. They were bowing to the east in worship of the sun, and he said to me, Do you see this, son of man? Is it not enough for the house of Judah to commit out the abominations they are practising here, that they must also fill the land with violence and repeatedly provoke me to anger, even putting the branch to their nose? Therefore I will respond with wrath. I will not show pity or spare them. Though they cry out in my ears with a loud voice, I will not listen to them. Then he called to me directly with a loud voice, Come near, executioners of the city, each of you with a destructive weapon in his hand. And I saw six men coming from the direction of the upper gate which faces north, each with a war club in his hand. There was another man among them clothed in linen, with writing equipment at his side. They came and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the Lord of God of Israel rose from above the cherubim, where it had been to the threshold of the temple. He called to the man clothed in linen with a writing equipment at his side, Pass throughout the city of Jerusalem. The Lord said to him, Put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations committed in it. To the others he said in my hearing, Pass through the city after him and start killing. Do not show pity or spare them. Slaughter the old men, the young men and women, as well as all the older and little children, but do not come near anyone who has the mark. Now begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were in front of the temple. Then he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go. So they went out killing people in the city. While they were killing, I was left alone, and I fell face down and cried out, Lord God, are you going to destroy the entire remnant of Israel when you pour out your wrath in Jerusalem? He answered me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is extremely great. The land is full of bloodshed and the city full of perversity. For they say, The Lord has abandoned the land he does not see. But as for me, I will not show pity or spare them. I will bring their actions down on their own heads. Then the man clothed in linen with the writing equipment at his side reported back, I have done as you have commanded. Then I looked and above the expanse over the heads of the cherubim were something like sapphire stone resembling the shape of a throne that appeared above them. The Lord spoke to the man clothed in linen and said, Go inside the wheelwork beneath the cherubim. Fill, fill your hands with hot coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. So he went in as I watched. Now the cherubim were standing to the south of the temple when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord rose from above the cherubim to the threshold of the temple. The temple was filled with the cloud and the court was filled with the brightness of the Lord's glory. The sound of the cherubim's wings could be heard as far as the outer court. It was like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. After the Lord commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from inside the wheelwork from among the cherubim. The man went in and stood beside a wheel. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand to the fire that was among them. He took some and put it into the hands of the man clothed in linen, who took it and went out. The cherubim appeared to have the form of human hands under their wings. I looked and there were four wheels beside the cherubim, one wheel beside each cherub. The lustre of the wheels was like the gleam of beryl. In appearance all four had the same form like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved they would go out in any of the four directions without pivoting as they moved. But wherever the head faced, they would go in that direction without pivoting as they went. Their entire bodies, including their backs, hands, wings and the wheels that the four of them had, were full of eyes all around. As I listened, the wheels were called the wheelwork. 
Each one had four faces. The first face was that of a cherub, the second that of a man, the third that of a lion, and the fourth that of an eagle. The cherubim ascended. These were the living creatures I had seen by the Shabar Canal. And there we end, day 224 and week 32.